welcome to My Life in Israel podcast, where I speak the truth with people about finding a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict while combating anti-Semitism, anti-Israel, and anti-Zionist propaganda, and rant about Israeli politics and life in Israel. I also throw in some Judaism to spice things up. Welcome to My Life in Israel. Today I want to talk about, just get down to what this conflict is really all about. What it is about, and what it's always been about, is about this idea of Arab unity and pan uh, Arabism, where the Arabs have always wanted, their goal has always been to keep this land just for Arabs. Whether they be Arab Christians or Arab Muslims, they want it for all Arabs and no non-Arabs. And this goes back to World War I uh, with an agreement they made with the British called the McMahon-Hussein Correspondence. And... It goes up through the present time, and so I'm going to talk to you chronologically, in their own words, with proof that this is what they've always wanted. And so what you think this is about, it's not about oppression. Their oppression is just the simple fact that they have non-Arabs living in here. It doesn't matter how they're treated. It's just the simple fact that they are here, period. They don't want it. And that's enough for them to be angry and fight back. It has nothing to do with how we're treating them. So let's let's start with the the, the McMahon Hussein correspondence. I'm going to read for you, read for you from Wikipedia what it says, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so this is the McMahon Hussein correspondence. This is Wikipedia, people. I'm not making this up, and I'll read for you here. The McMahon Hussein correspondence is a series of letters that were exchanged during World War One, in which the government of the United Kingdom agreed to recognize Arab independence after the war, in exchange for the Sharif of Mecca launching the Arab revolt against the Ottoman Empire. Okay, so then it goes down further, and I want to show you what it says in the exact letter. Here, it goes on to explain what the boundaries of their Arab independent state would be. That's not important right now. First, requested England to approve of the proclamation of an Arab caliphate of Islam. In return, England to have economic preference in Arab countries with other foreign privileges in Arab countries being abolished. Both sides to agree to a mutual defense pact and to remain neutral should the other party begin a conflict of aggression. Okay, this is the Jordanian annexation of the West Bank. I'm going to read to you down here. During the December 1948 Jericho Conference, hundreds of Palestinian notables in the West Bank gathered, accepted Jordanian rule, and recognized Abdullah as ruler. This was followed by the 1949 renaming of the country from Transjordan to Jordan. It was formally annexed on April 1950. Um, the Arab League, even though they initially didn't agree to the annexation, uh, later declared that they viewed the area annexed by Jordan as a trust in its hands until the Palestine case is fully solved in the interest of its inhabitants. And in addition to the Arab League, uh, United Kingdom, United States, and Iraq, and maybe Pakistan also uh, recognized the annexation, but the rest of the world did not. When Jordan transferred its full citizenship rights to the residents of the West Bank, the annexation more than doubled the population of Jordan. The naturalized Palestinians enjoyed equal opportunities in all sectors of the state without discrimination, and they were even given half of the seats of the Jordanian parliament. After Jordan lost the West Bank to Israel in the 67 Six Day War, the Palestinians there remained Jordanian citizens until Jordan renounced claims to and severed administrative ties with the territory in 1988. Okay, so the point I'm trying to make is 
the Palestinians in the West Bank agreed to be part of Jordan. Why? Because the Palestinians in the West Bank didn't have their own country. It was never their own country. There was no such thing as a Palestinian state, ever. Okay? They were there in the land, living as Arabs. Okay? So they agreed to be part of Jordan because Jordan was Arab. Okay? They... And they accepted citizenship. They accepted citizenship. They are citizens of Jordan. The only thing that stopped it was Jordan's peace treaty with Israel. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that later. But that's the only reason why the Palestinians are still Palestinians. They, they could be in Jordan. They, they don't want to be because they have other alternative motives to why they don't. But they accepted it at one point. They accepted it. And... That should tell you something. They, they don't want their own state. They, they just want to be part of the other Arab communities, the other Arabs in this land, and to have this land all Arab. Now, we're going to talk about um, Yasser Arafat and the PLO Charter in 1964, where he states that at this time in 1964, this is before the 67 war, when Israel took back the West Bank from Jordan. In 1964, Jordan was in, in control of the West Bank. Yasser Arafat, in his PLO charter, states that he gives up sovereignty of the West Bank and uh, every every place that Arabs were um, in charge of, including Gaza, including what was part of Syria, the Golan Heights. He rejected all of that. Because why? Because they were ruled by Arabs. He didn't want to take that, that territory. Okay? So it was only until... After Israel won the war in 67 and pushed out Jordan and started uh, Jews coming into the West Bank, that then the PLO changed their charter and said, you know, we're, we want to push the, the Jews out of the West Bank. So you, you, you people, you think that the, that the occupation, when, when Arabs say the occupation, they're only talking about what's in the West Bank, the, the military occupation that is currently in place. But that was not in place in the beginning, um, when the PLO was established, what the PLO considered the occupation was Israel proper, the whole state of Israel, everything on the other side of the, the 47 lines. Okay, so this is the way it has always been. Uh, you, you don't know the history, and so you confuse yourself with thinking that the occupation is just about the West Bank, and it's not. It's about, it has always been the whole land that they want. Now, so we're, I'm going to show you um, the, the exact words of the Palestinian uh, PLO Charter in 1964 and show you that they specifically state that this is an Arab issue, not a Palestinian issue. They call it Palestinian, and they, they say the borders of the, the Palestine are what's considered now the West Bank and Israel proper. But that was never a country. That, those were boundaries that the British the British made up. The, the British made up the, the, the boundaries of, of Palestine. The, the Arabs didn't make that up. So uh, learn something, people. This is this is history. This is how this, the, the the facts. These are the facts. So let's read, read the PLO Charter, and then we'll come back. Okay, this is the Palestine Liberation Organization National Charter, 1964. I'm going to skip to the first article, and it says Palestine is an Arab homeland bound by strong national ties to the rest of the Arab countries in which together form the large Arab homeland. Okay, now I'm going to scroll down to Article 10. And it says, Palestinians have three mottos, national unity, national mobilization, and liberation. 
once liberation is completed, the people of Palestine shall choose for its public life whatever political, economic, or social, social system they want. Okay, that's important. I'm going to talk about later. But now I want to scroll down to the last article. Article 24. This organization does not exercise any regional sovereignty over the West Bank in the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan or on the Gaza Strip or the Hima areas. The Hima area is what is what's commonly referred to as the Golan Heights, northern Israel. Its activities will be on the national popular level in the liberational, organizational, political, and financial fields. All right, so after the PLO Charter in 1964, again, in 1972, this idea persists with Jordan um, calling for a Arab confederation uh, between Jordan and the Arabs in Palestine. And uh, they apparently, at that time in 1972, it was rejected both by the Palestinians and the other Arab nations. Why? Because now Jordan was, had lost the war and now they were in uh, negotiations with Israel for a peace treaty. And, no, and now nobody in the Arab world wanted to deal with uh, an Arab country that was collaborating with Israel. So now things have changed, but the idea still persists. So let's, now I'm gonna tell you, show you another quote from another member of the PLO that was made in 1977, which actually states what I had said earlier, that this is the whole idea beside, behind the idea of creating a separate Palestinian identity. And not my words, it's coming from the PLO directly. So let's go to this and then we'll come back. Suhir Mosan was a Palestinian leader of the Syria-controlled as Sa'ika fashion of the PLO between 1971 and 79. He said, quote, the Palestinian people do not exist. The creation of a Palestinian state is only a means for continuing our struggle against the state of Israel for our Arab unity. In reality today, there is no difference between Jordanians, Palestinians, Syrians, and Lebanese. Only for political and tactical reasons do we speak today about the existence of a Palestinian people, since Arab national interests demand that we posit the existence of a distinct Palestinian people to oppose Zionism. Yes, the existence of a separate Palestinian identity exists only for tactical reasons. Jordan, which is a sovereign state with defined borders, cannot raise claims to Haifa and Jaffa, while as a Palestinian, I can undoubtedly demand Haifa, Jaffa, Beersheba, and Jerusalem. However, the moment we reclaim our right to all of Palestine, we will not wait even a minute to unite Palestine and Jordan. All right, so now you have it. This, this has been a running theme throughout the whole entire Arab history. It's what they've always been wanting, is they just want this whole land to be from Arabs only. And I want to bring something else up in the PLO Charter where it says that they, they want to decide what kind of laws or what kind of government they want. Uh, they're not saying it's going to be a democracy. They, they, they never intended to have any kind of democracy. Their idea of governance is under Arab cultural rule or under Sharia law. It's, get, it's ruled by ideas of Islam and um, their own culture. So that's what I want to point out to you also. Um, the PA is not ruled by democracy. Um, Abbas has been ruling. He was only supposed to be there for four years. He's been there longer. He refuses to call for elections. He says he wants elections, and then he makes an excuse not to have them. So this is their idea of democracy. They don't, they don't want a Western-style democracy. They just want to live 
under their own type of role. And um, when it comes to now, uh, now it's a little bit more fragmented because of uh, the Abraham Accords. And uh, now we have Arab nations that are aligned with Iran and those who are aligned against Iran and don't want to see uh, Iran with nuclear weapons. And so now you see that the idea of um, this Arab unity is a little bit uh, fractured because of that. But under the Abraham Accords, every single per, every single Arab nation still wants to see a state in Palestine. They, they still want the two-state solution. They still want an independent Palestine state. And uh, Israel has basically agreed to it in theory. Um, now they can make up all kinds of kinds of excuses to prolong that from happening, but they have, by accepting um, agreements with these other Arab nations, they have in fact agreed in theory to a Palestinian state. Now, <laughs> but the Palestinians don't want that because they want the whole area for themselves, just like the, they quoted in uh, 1977. This is all an illusion. They, it's just a political, it's political theater, political theater for them to say that they want a state and to want dialogue and peace. But in fact, it's 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 all an illusion and a tactic to keep themselves relevant while they try to undermine the whole thing and to still support terror attacks, support an uprising to get not only what's in what the West Bank free of Jews, but they want Israel free of Jews. They they want the whole thing. So it's duplicitous. They they say one thing to the West so they can keep getting money. And what they do with the money is just fund more terror to accomplish their goals of keeping uh, Jews out. And uh, so this is this is the reality, people. Um, okay, so one last thing I want to point out is people don't seem to realize what they're supporting. If, if you're supporting this idea of pan-Arabism and Arab unity and all this, belong, all this land belongs to the Arabs, you in the West, like, do you, do you realize what that is? <laughs> when, when you in America and everybody else in the West has, supports open borders, allowing everybody to come in. And what's all this about diversity is our strength that you want people from other cultures to, to come in and live with you. And you, you, you fight against this idea of nationalism that, you know, the people in America that don't want open borders and they want America first, <laughs> you call them racist and white supremacist. And yet the Arabs are, are literally doing the same thing, literally doing the same thing. They want a homogenous, culture. They, they don't want multiculturalism. They don't want diversity. They, they want only Arabs. So think people, think like this is what you're supporting. You're, you're literally supporting uh, racism and ultra-nationalism when you don't even want it in your own country. Like what the, what the F people, what the F? Really, seriously, think about this. Why, why just because they're, they have a different skin color, that's okay? If, but yet Israel wants the same thing. Israel wants a state of Jews. They want a majority of Jews. And they're not allowed that because that's racist. And that's, you know, they're, they're, they're racist for wanting that. 
and this whole idea of apartheid, when literally that's what the Arabs want. The Arabs want that. They, they want that. And yet they exploit your ignorance by, by saying, pointing out like what, that's what, that's what the, the, the Zionists want. When it's literally them who want that. It, it makes no sense, people. It makes no sense. People wake up. This is the reality, people. You are being manipulated. <laughs> and if it's okay for the Arabs to want a whole land of Arabs and nobody else, then it should be okay for the Jews to have a land for the Jews and nobody else. So I, it's really, this is really ridiculous. People going back and forth and saying, you are this, you're racist, you're apartheid, you're oppressing. When literally the Arabs are the one who are wanting this, they want this. They don't want to be, they don't want to live with Jews. Now you could say now is a different time. Maybe some, some Arabs do don't mind living with Jews or whatever, but we see it doesn't work. It doesn't work with the Arab, the, the, the riots that were just happening last May. It doesn't work. And there is, there's other reasons why it doesn't work. And that reason is Islam. Islam comes to play. There's a mixture of different things coming into play here. It's not just, you know, the pan-Arabism, the culture, it's religion as well. They, they don't mix. There, there is no way we can live together in this land. So, uh, and you Arabs, you Arabs are complicit in this lie. You, you, you want to tell people that it's about oppression when you know what the real reason is you just don't want to be with non-Arabs. You want all the, the, the land to be for you only because you're Arab, not because you're Palestinian, because you're Arab and Muslim. So all you, the, the media and the media is complicit. The media knows it's like this unsaid thing that everybody agrees to. Everybody agrees that they would rather live without the Jews in their own. They want to be ruled by other Arabs. So why can't Jews have their own space where they're, they're ruled by themselves? Why do Jews have to be democratic and multicultural and equality and allow Arabs to live with them? And then even when they do live with them, you still call them racist because it's in a, a Jewish majority. When literally the same thing is going to happen, if the Palestinians ever do create a state, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to make sure they have an Arab majority. They're going to not allow anybody else to come in. They're going to limit immigration. They're going to limit re religion, just like they've done in every Arab country they have. So please just stop, people. Please wake up and stop and think about what you're supporting. You have no idea what you're supporting. And the Arabs that are agreeing to this and all, are all saying it's about oppression or whatever, they're complicit. They're complicit in the lie. They're complicit in the deception. I don't know what else to say, people. I don't know what else to say. So until next time, uh, like, share, comment, and stay tuned because I have a lot more to say. Thanks for listening to My Life in Israel podcast. Follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for non-podcast videos. If you enjoyed the podcast, like, share, comment, and follow me on Spotify and other podcast apps so you never miss another episode. Support my work and support Israel by making a one-time or monthly donation or become a subscriber to get access to exclusive content. The links are in my profile and description. And stay tuned because I have a lot more to say. I'm Israel High.